0: The Lord is king. He is robed in majesty. Indeed, the Lord is robed in majesty and armed with strength. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken.
1: Your throne, O Lord, has stood from time immemorial. You yourself are from the everlasting past.
2: The floods have risen up, O Lord. The floods have roared like thunder. The floods have lifted their pounding waves
3: but mightier than the violent raging of the seas, mightier than the breakers on the shore. The Lord above is mightier than these. Your
2: royal laws cannot be changed. Your reign, O Lord, is holy forever and
1: ever. God has ascended with a mighty shout. The Lord has ascended with trumpets blaring. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. For God is the King over all the earth. Praise Him with a psalm. God reigns above the nations, sitting on His holy throne.
0: In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City Worship Podcast. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. We are still in the season of Easter. This is the last Sunday of of the season that we call Easter. Uh, It is the celebration of Christ being raised by God from the dead. But this Sunday is a particularly special Sunday because it's also Ascension Sunday. It's the Sunday that we recognize that Jesus died. Jesus was risen by God from the dead. And now Jesus has ascended to the right hand of the father. He is seated next to God in heaven and rules over heaven and earth. In the book of Matthew chapter 28, we're told all Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to me. And when we talk about the ascension, we talk about Jesus as Lord, not just in the age to come, but in this present age that we live in now. And one of the important tasks that we have as followers of Jesus and as, uh, as the church that is the body of Christ is to figure out what it means to live out the rule and reign and the Lordship of Christ now as it says in the Lord's Prayer, on earth as it is in heaven. And so that's what Ascension Sunday is about, is rejoicing in the fact that Jesus is Lord, and we'll be exploring that uh, through song, through reading of God's Word, and through the sermon this morning. Next week is Pentecost. Uh, It is when we celebrate the Holy Spirit's arrival Uh, In the church, Jesus had promised that if he went away, which this is what the ascension is, that he would send not just a helper, but he would send the very spirit of God to lead us, to guide us, to remind us of everything that Jesus said. And that's what we celebrate next week on Pentecost. And something fun that we do uh, for Pentecost uh, some followers of Jesus do this. I think it's a fun, fun tradition to do is we wear red for Pentecost. Uh, so if you've got something that's red, a red t shirt, a a red, uh, maybe you've got a red flannel shirt that you want to wear next week. Um, it's fortunately one of the colors of the Portland Trailblazers is red. So if you've got a, a red Portland Trailblazer shirt that you want to wear, uh, you can you know kill two birds with one stone and and cheer on the blazers and and wear your uh, wear your red at the same time. But what we'd like you to do is take a selfie, have somebody take a picture of you, however you want to do it, you know, a drawing, uh, and email it to baptist.church at comcast.net. Or uh, you can message it to us via our church Facebook page. It is facebook.com slash one Baptist church. And we will be happy to uh, share that on social media so everybody can see our church family and our church friends wearing red for Pentecost. Coming up in just, uh, just a few more Sundays is our regathering. Uh, it's going to be a very exciting time on June the 6th, where we will be coming back into uh, into the church building to see each other face to face. For the time being, we'll be worshiping in the gym, and there will be more details that will come out about that. But it is very exciting to think about, after all this time, being able to come back in and see each other face-to-face, and worship God together as a body of Christ, gathered and reunited. And what's even more exciting is there may be people who have listened to our podcasts, who have worshiped with us through podcasts over these past few months, that had not been a part of our church uh, before the COVID-19 pandemic, and now through, through podcasts, through being drawn into our fellowship by the Holy Spirit, are now part of us and, and may even show up. And if you are one of those people and you're listening to, to me right now, you are more than welcome uh, at 1030 on, on Sunday, June the 6th, 2021. Uh, that's 1030 AM Pacific time, uh, at 819 John Adams street. And on our, uh, We'll send out an email and on our Facebook page and our Instagram page. We'll have more information about what you need to do uh, to prepare and what you need to to have uh, as you show up for church uh, on June the 6th. One last thing of note is this Sunday is curbside communion. We will not be having Zoom coffee hour, but we will be having curbside communion. It's the easiest thing in the world for you. You just pull up on the 9th Street side Uh, of the church, our church is at the corner of 9th and John Adams, and you just pull up on the 9th street side. If you wanna bring your own communion elements, you know, your own uh, bread or donut or biscuit or dinner roll, uh, Doritos, we don't, you know, we don't discriminate, uh, and your own drinks or your own grape juice, your own water, coffee, tea, milk, soda, Um, please don't bring wine. That's illegal uh, in the car. but, but pull up to the Ninth the Street side of the church, and we'll be happy to celebrate the Lord's table with you. Rain or shine, it's easy for you. You don't have to get out of your car. Uh, we're the ones standing out in the rain. So we hope to see you tomorrow, the 16th of May, 2021, at 1130 a.m. Pacific time uh, is Curbside Communion. And we hope to see you there. As we worship this morning... May we remember that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus sits at the right hand of God the Father. Jesus, in his resurrected body, sits at the right hand of God the Father. He knows what it's like to be human because he was born as one of us. He pleads for us constantly and leads us and guides us as the true Lord of this world. And may we worship him in power and in truth this morning. Let us come
2: before you in prayer. Most gracious Father, we come before you in gratitude for who you are. Today we celebrate your Son's ascension into heaven. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your Son who was with us for a short time. Thank you for being the living water that quenches the thirst of all those who long for you. We give you praise for your resurrection power. It is because of you that we too can have everlasting life with you in heaven. Righteous God, we thank you for this Ascension Sunday and for your divine authority. Your word says that you alone set the dates and times for things to happen. And it is through you that we received power. I thank you for the Ascension of your son Jesus because of him, We are given divine authority and guidance here on earth through your Holy Spirit. We give you thanks because we know that someday you will return from heaven in the same way you ascended from earth. O Lord, thank you for your benevolent nature. While your Son was taken up into heaven, he blessed us here on earth. I pray that we do not take for granted the blessings that you have given us. Instead, we receive them with our whole hearts. So on this Ascension Sunday, Father, we give you the glory, honor, and praise because of who you are and because of all that you have done in Jesus' name. This week, there have been many prayer requests and praise reports. First, we want to thank you for answered prayer. We acknowledge that you are the one who answers our prayers. We thank you for healing from sicknesses and surgeries that have occurred in the lives of our church members family members friends and acquaintances thank you father for your love that you show to each of us in our time of need for those who are still ill or whose outcome from surgery was not what the outcome was not the outcome they wanted i humbly ask for healing to occur in their lives if it be your will give them peace comfort and courage during their times of trial Because of your love for us, you will never leave us or forsake us. Be with our church as we anticipate being able to gather together in in in-person worship soon. May our hearts be filled with joy as we can again worship you and give praise to your holy name as a group. You have protected us so far from the COVID-19 pandemic, and I believe you will continue to do so. Be with our young church and their leaders May the Holy Spirit be their guide. Be with those who are graduating from high school and will soon face an uncertain world. Give them hope for the future, and may they rely upon the Holy Spirit as they contemplate their future. Be with the missionaries who are bringing the love of Jesus to those who need to hear it around the world. Give them protection as they boldly proclaim the gospel message. May the harvest be bountiful as the word of God is proclaimed throughout the land. May our congregation support them with our prayers and our financial support. Be with our home mission field, our neighborhood, where our church is located. I lift up to you, Lord, all the needs of those who live in the area. You know all the details, and you are mighty in power, and you know how to meet each need. May our church be a place that shows the love of Jesus to all, and may we as individuals be salt and light to those who need someone to care about them be with our pastor today as he brings us a message on the ascension of jesus may the holy spirit be upon him as he teaches us from your word may our podcast be a blessing to all who hear it this week may we pray for our country and also for all of those around the world who are affected by the violence that seems to be everywhere May we remember that you are in control of all circumstances, and only your will de- only your will, will determine the outcome of these hostilities. May we pray for peace as we await the return of Jesus Christ. In your precious name I pray, amen.
4: who've turned to him, the man, the child, who've turned away from sin. We sing to him, for he has called us home, and we declare that you alone, are Lord, rejoice. joy oh.
3: Doreen Hunley, reading Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, from the New International Version. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for all of us who believe. The power is like the working of the mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead who fulfills everything in every way.
0: With both the onset of spring and nicer weather and sunnier skies here in the Pacific Northwest, and the fact that I'm fully vaccinated now, my mind has started to turn to hiking. Uh, It's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I think it it gives me a sense of freedom. Uh, It gives me a sense of wonder at God's creation and there are so many things that you can see when you're hiking, um, and and by by virtue of hiking that you might not get to see otherwise. Uh, but I'm new to the area still, uh, and and because of the the COVID-19 pandemic last year, did not get to do as much hiking as I might have wanted to do. And so this year I've, I've got my my hiking books open, and I've. I've been looking at different trails to, uh, to tackle. And my hiking book for uh, Northwest Oregon um, has a lot of trails that give you great views. And that's one of the things that, about hiking is, is a great view. And there's, there's views that you can get for, for Mount Hood There's views that you can get for the Cascade Mountains like Mount Jefferson, the Three Sisters, et cetera. Um, But a lot of trails focus on getting as good of a sweeping view of the Columbia Gorge as you possibly can. Now here's the, the sad truth about any hiking trail that's gonna give you a good view of something. Is the better view of something that you want, the higher up you have to go and the higher up you have to go, the harder the hike. And so by the time you get to the top, you have strained and you have stressed and you you start to feel the weight of, of anything that you've brought with you in your pack, whether it's water or food or your first aid kit um, you, you, or, or your uh, rain jacket balled up because you never know what the weather's going to be like. And by the time you get to the top, you, you really feel every step that you take, and then you get up there and you get to see the view and you look out and it's worth it. And a lot of the trails that are described in my hiking books are like that, is where you climb and climb and climb. And, and uh, it says, make sure some of the trails will say, the description will say, make sure you've got strong knees, for this trail. And you get to the top. And it's worth it. Uh, On on the Oregon side of the Columbia River, the Angels Rest Trail is cited as one of the best with a great sweeping view of the Columbia and on the Washington side, uh, Dog Mountain, and both of them are very steep trails. But by the end of it, you get a nice view. In our passage today, it is a a tightly packed, dense theological passage that has a lot to say about the Lordship of Jesus Christ and how that relates to us. But when we read and consider the Lordship of Christ, sometimes it makes us feel helpless, which is a kind of a contradiction of terms because the Lordship of Christ should tell us that Jesus is Lord. Jesus has already defeated sin and death by his uh, crucifixion and resurrection, and now through his ascension by being assumed into heaven, that he reigns over the whole world, and that there is nothing that is outside the Lordship of Christ. But yet, we look around and we don't always see the evidence of that. We don't always, we, we think, okay, well maybe if, if Jesus is Lord, then he's, he's kind of made a mess of things. Because if you're, if you're listening to this in the United States, we live in a country where, where there are people who have unbridled wealth, who could spend millions and millions of dollars every day and still never run out of money and yet there are people who are experiencing houselessness and homelessness. There are people who are struggling with, with what they're going to eat and where their next meal is going to come from. Uh, there are still children who, who don't know uh, once school lets out if they're going to get to eat dinner. We live in a country that is, that is still working through dealing with what it means uh, to care for all people regardless of skin color uh, we we have seen an outbreak of violence against people of uh, who are asian americans and who come from pacific islands uh, and who who have darker skin than the rest of us or or look different than than white people and we're we're still dealing with this and and we still deal with a lot of of threats of violence and and people who who have an uh, agenda that they want to enforce by showing up with guns and in in the gear that's that's usually return usually reserved for war and we think what does the lordship of Jesus have to say to any of this and how can we do anything about it and when we look at this passage and when we kind of poke around in this passage and start to dig into it we see that that there's something here for us it was written by Paul Paul is the author of the book of Ephesians and it's one of his letters from jail it's one of his letters from prison and so as he's writing this he's in jail and this might this is definitely one of his later letters Um, one of his, possibly one of his last that he wrote. And so Paul is writing this under the thumb of the Roman Empire. You don't usually think of somebody being in jail as being very powerful, yet Paul writes about the power of God. Ephesus was a, a town that had a lot of connections to power. Uh, it was a well-regarded city that, uh, that Rome saw as being very important. And in fact, it would end up, Paul would end up setting up Ephesus as a kind of base for planting new churches in the region. And so it was a very powerful city politically. It was a very powerful city economically. Uh, it was a city of some, some wealth. Um, and it was also a city that was very keenly interested in uh, in powers and and what we might call magic, or what we what we might call uh, you know other religions or 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 different different so-called supernatural powers within our world. And and Ephesus was very interested in all of that. So for Paul to be in prison in a city that was very interested in power and to write what he is writing really takes a a lot of gumption. That's a good word gumption. And so it takes a lot of gumption from Paul, but he has something great to back it up. And that is the fact that the Lordship of Christ is not just an out there idea. The Lordship of Christ is not a distant, unattainable, ungraspable concept. That the Lordship of Christ, the fact that Jesus is Lord, gives us power in our world right now. Now this isn't the type of power that enables us to crush other people underneath us. This isn't the type of power that the world exercises. Because this power that Paul is talking about comes from Jesus having been crucified, resurrected, and ascended to the right hand of God the Father. Jesus reigns from heaven, which is kind of the control room for all of God's creation. And because Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth, Jesus's ways are supreme here on earth. It's just that there are other powers that are trying to oppose the Lordship of Jesus. I want to help us with our powerlessness sometimes. Because I feel powerless sometimes. I see all of those problems that I named earlier. And sometimes I think, I'm just a guy. I'm just a, you know, I'm just a dude. What am I going to do? It's, I'm, I'm just one person. And and sometimes i feel like even when our church works together i think you know we're we're doing we're we're doing what we can and we're trying to do what we can and and, and is that is that enough and i think a lot of followers of jesus individually feel the same way and so what i want to do today is help you through this passage to see that Jesus's lordship is something that has very real implications for your day-to-day life, and working that out may be a process that takes a while, but by the end of it, it's worth it. The first thing to note is that this only comes through prayer. The first half of Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, is a prayer from the Apostle Paul. It's a prayer from Paul for the Ephesians, and it's a prayer saying, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so you might grow in your knowledge of God. Paul prays that for the Ephesians, but in in a way, he's also praying that for us. He's praying that for us as we read this passage. And I would encourage you to pray that for yourself. Pray that you will grow. Ask God to help you to grow in your knowledge of him. Ask God to grow in your love for him, to grow this inside of you Paul goes on to say, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called. Pray for this as well. Pray that God would illuminate the ways that Jesus is Lord in your life. Because this all starts with prayer. And if we don't have a committed life of prayer, it will be difficult to see, A, where Jesus's Jesus's Lordship is not recognized, and B, how we can recognize the Lordship of Christ in places where it's not recognized by the people in and around it. Paul goes on to say that it is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that empowers us every day. When you wake up in the morning, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you confess that Jesus is Lord, then the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you. This is a massive thought. This is a big thought because it means that when we face our own individual trials, when we face those moments where it doesn't seem for us like Jesus is Lord, The very power of the resurrection is there reminding us of the Lordship of Christ, that Jesus is Lord and whatever has set itself up against the Lordship of Christ is not. When the early Christians said Jesus is Lord, there was another half of it and Caesar is not. Because it was the Roman government led by whoever the Caesar was at the time that was often persecuting them, that was often dragging them off to jail or throwing them uh, into the Colosseum to fight lions. It was, it was the, the Romans who were the cause of so much oppression. But we can say the same thing in our world. Jesus is Lord and cancer is not. Jesus is Lord and my anxiety is not. Jesus is Lord and racism is not. Jesus is Lord and hatred, greed, whatever you want to fill in there that is evil, that is against the Lordship of Christ, is not. Because if you're praying that God would help you see and know Him better, that God would increase your knowledge of Him and the ways of Jesus, and you're filled with the power of the resurrection, if you're acknowledging the Holy, we call this the Holy Spirit, if you're acknowledging the power of the resurrection in your life, then you will very clearly see the things that stand in the way of Jesus and his Lordship. And so we have this resurrection power available to us, but we also have it available as God's people. And Jesus's Lordship is not just a spirit, we give it this word spiritual, meaning immaterial most of the time. And that's a problem. That's a problem because it means that we don't have an imagination, we don't have a vision, we haven't caught a glimpse that Jesus is Lord for real. Jesus's crucifixion was a real crucifixion. Jesus was dead as a doornail. The Romans didn't make mistakes when they crucified people. The resurrection was a real and bodily resurrection. They touched Jesus. They saw Jesus. Jesus ate in front of them. The ascension was a bodily ascension. Jesus sits at the right hand of God the Father, not as a ghost, not as an apparition, not as a vision, but as a body. And so his lordship is a bodily lordship. And as God's people, as the church, we work out what this lordship means in our world. We look at the places where Jesus' lordship is not recognized, or where things set themselves against Jesus's lordship. We look at things where people are are denied uh, access to food, access to housing. We look at places where people are discriminated against because of their skin color, um, and we see all of these things. And we know that these st- things stand against the way of Jesus. We know that violence stands against. ways of jesus we know that that greed stands against the ways of jesus and and so as god's people we we get together and we discern what is it that we can do in the power of the resurrection about this and it doesn't have to be a big thing i think that comes with where is where a lot of our frustration comes from is we want to solve the whole problem all at once. We want to to do all of this all at the same time, all by ourselves. But go back to that thought of hiking. You work, you climb, you 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 hike uphill. And and maybe maybe you're past your, your days of hiking uphill. Sometimes I <laughs> I think my days of of hiking uphill Uh, are numbered, Um, I hope not, but it's kind of like hiking uphill, is you work and you make a little bit of progress at a time and sometimes you have to stop and rest and appreciate where you are and then you keep going. Our church for the past, uh, as long as we have been in this COVID-19 pandemic, hope has stayed open helping other people eat our food pantry has stayed open we have been feeding people we have been doing what we can do and as people have reached out to our church for additional help we've done what we've been able to do and so we when we get frustrated we stop and we say okay what can i do right now right here where God has led me to so far, to recognize the real physical Lordship of Christ. And we have this great phrase from the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are establishing God's rule now here on earth as it will be in the future when Jesus returns. And we know this and we, we know that this is our mission. And so we can't give up and we can't lose heart because what Paul tells us is that the church is Christ's body, it is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. And if we take this seriously, if we know that we are going into this world as the body of Christ, as Jesus's representatives, as, as Paul says in in Second Corinthians, we are Christ's ambassadors, pleading with the world come back to God. And that's not just to to get people saved, so to speak, that's to call the world to live out the ways of God, to live out the ways of peace and truth, to trade violence for peace, to trade hatred for love, and to do it all in the name of Jesus. Because this is the resurrection. This is the seventh week that we've been talking about the resurrection. We have seen all of the ways that Jesus has worked this out through his followers. And now Jesus is working out this out through us. We are the people who are living out the ways of Jesus and calling our, our neighborhood, we're calling our families, we're calling our streets, we're calling our towns to live out the ways of Jesus, to care for the poor, to care for those who don't have a voice to be heard, who don't have the means to buy what they want to in this world. We are living out the Lordship of Christ. And I can't be more specific than that. Because each person is called to, to, uh, to discern this through the Holy Spirit themselves. And then we do this as a church and we do this in the larger family of God other believers uh, who are also called by their their belief in uh, Christ's crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. And we work on recognizing the Lordship of Christ wherever it's not recognized. Because Jesus is Lord of the whole world. We just recognize it. And so we, we work to a certain point and when we get discouraged, we should be praying the whole time. And when we get discouraged, go back to the beginning and keep praying. Pray for God to help you see what's next. Ask God to show you where there's pain in your neighborhood, where there is hurt in your life, where there is, are places that need the Lordship of Jesus to be recognized and to be reigning and to be brought into its fullness. Because this is the resurrection. This is what the resurrection is all about, is God becoming king of the world that he created through Jesus Christ so that someday that fullness of God's rule and reign will come to earth, that Jesus will put all things under his feet and that right now we are working on that working on recognizing the Lordship of Christ on earth as it is in heaven.
4: Even before there was a drop in the ocean, even before was a star in the sky. Even before the world was put in motion, you were on your throne. You were Jesus reigns. Even before Your hand made the heavens Even before The breath of all mankind Even before We had to be forgiven You were on your throne You were
0: Come now to the time of the Lord's table. And if you are able to join us for curbside communion on the 9th Street side of our church uh, at 819 John Adams Street, Oregon City, Oregon, uh, on May the 16th, 2021, from 1130 a.m. to 1230 p.m. Pacific time, you're welcome to. But if you're not, we're going to celebrate the Lord's table now. We come to the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Friends, this is the joyful feast of the people of God. People will come from east and west, from north and south, and sit at the table of the kingdom of God. When our risen Lord was at the table with his disciples, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. This is our Lord's table. Our Savior invites those who trust him to share in the feast he has prepared. So now following Jesus's example and command, we take this bread and this cup, the ordinary things of this world, which Christ will use for extraordinary purposes. In this, we proclaim our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ is coming again. Let us pray. Living God, let your Holy Spirit move in power over us that receiving this bread and cup would truly be for us the communion of the body and blood of Christ, that we may become one in him, amen. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself, that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it and he blessed it and he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you, do this to remember me. Looking back at what Christ did for us on the cross, take and eat. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it and looking back at what Christ did for us on the cross, and looking ahead to when we will drink this with him anew in the age to come, take and drink. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. Amen.
1: Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus led them to Bethany and lifting his hands to heaven, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up to heaven.
0: Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Through Christ Jesus was God. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to.
3: Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When
1: he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross.
2: This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world.
1: When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven.
0: Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.
2: For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's
0: blood on the cross.
3: And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself.
1: As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go.
3: This is the
1: word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: We thank you for joining us for worship this morning. And we hope that as we have prayed together, sung together and heard God's word read and proclaimed together and fellowshiped with Jesus around his table, that you would have experienced the fullness of the presence of Christ, the power of the resurrection. That is the Holy Spirit that fills each one of us that are called by the name of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more about what it means, to be a follower of Jesus, please get in touch with our church. Our church website is the number one BaptistChurch.org. That's onebaptistchurch.org. And uh, our phone number is on there. Our email address is on there. And there's even a little form you can fill in to send us an email. And we would be more than happy uh, to talk to you about what it means to follow Jesus. I'd like to thank Jeannie Vance, our church pianist, for recording a, a prelude for us this morning I'd like to thank Melissa Mellinger, our director of worship and youth for the music. Uh, I would like to thank Jim Leatherman for leading us in prayer. I'd like to thank Katie Witham and the First Baptist Church readers for our creative scripture readings. And I'd like to thank our audio engineers, Gary and Doreen Hunley for making everything sound good. And remember, love God, love your neighbor, wear your mask and wash your hands. Christ is risen, Christ is risen indeed. Amen.